Have you ever thought about retiring early? In this episode of Experts in Netherlands, we're going to talk to a fellow expert, being a student, buying a house, and eventually retire early. Really nice to have you here, Federico. Uh, tell us something about you. Why Where are you, you from? What do you do in life? Why are you here in the Netherlands? So, yes, uh, my name is Federico. I'm from Italy, as you can guess from my accent. I, d- I just moved to the Netherlands and uh, yeah, I'm 29. Yeah. But uh, originally you moved here for uh, work, am I right? Or, uh... Yes, yes. I just moved here for work. Um, Is it that you uh, your goal was to come to the Netherlands or you just chose it by chance? I think it just happened. So I uh, did study um, software engineering and data science. So I like to read data mm-hmm. and it was kind of, it just made sense at some point. So um, I, at, at the time I didn't really know where to go. I was traveling a lot. So I saw a lot of European countries because uh, in Europe we have it easy, let's say. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was the reason. Um, but Mostly, I was living in, I lived in Italy, of course, I studied in Italy, I studied in Rome, and then I was, uh, I lived in, in Spain, to the south part of Spain, for one year and a half, that was a very nice period, but then I also realized something, if you want to have a career specifically in the engineering industry, there are not that many opportunities there, as there are not that many in Italy, so then what I really tried to do and was mostly understanding, okay, I traveled a lot. I saw how nice the life can be in the sun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and this is the first thing that I miss in the Netherlands, probably. Like we all do, eh? <laughs> but now it's a great time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Now it is a great time. Yeah. For two months in the summer. <laughs> Out of 12. Yes. Sure. So then I was like, okay, I came back to my parents' place. I was like, okay, now I really want to start a life. Where do I go? And I mean, as I have a background in data, as I was saying, say, okay, where have the nicest and nicest quality of life? Where are they happiest? Of course, it's how do you define happiest? Um, I mean, there is a formula for that. That's actually the funny thing. Oh, nice. There is a formula. That's a really technical approach to (laughs) happiness uh, and researching a job. Yeah. I mean, at some point, uh, yeah, it was mostly about not really fun finding the perfect formula, but what I really wanted to do was to have an impact in the world. Like that sounds okay. What do you want to do? <laughs> but it was just like, okay, I really want to try to solve important problems Yeah. to, to solve important problems. In the end, you cannot think about solving smaller problems. Like for example, hmm, I'm not gonna arrive to the end of the month. Uh, do I need to choose between getting uh, a spritz or uh, having an, a vacation? Like it's like all those questions. You have to struggle. Yeah. yeah. They take you away from the goal. So sure. I always kind of do this parallel. Like in uh, in Italy, uh, it's very nice. And that's what a lot of people do. Like, oh, the life is so nice. Yes, if you're a tourist. Mm. But when you live the whole life and you are actually there and you need to go to work from point A to point B, for example, in Rome, you either, uh, you cannot go by bike, of course, 
and uh, there's but a lot of traffic. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've never lived in Rome, but my friend told me there that she studies there and she always has difficulties to go to university because there are strikes and the, the buses, they don't work, the, the train doesn't work. So she's always stuck. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so th that's the funny thing. So Rome is actually built on layers. So every time that they try to dig a new metro station, they find new layers of ancient ruins yeah. and they need to stop. So yeah. pretty much we try to have a functional metro system, but <laughs> it's a struggle there. Difficult. But yeah, I think we had the same experience. Like at least I, I started experimenting in the market after my study in the market of Italy for uh, IT work, IT related work. Mm -hmm. And then when I saw the prices or the salaries, not the, the prices, salary, but yeah. the salaries in uh, in the Netherlands, in other yeah. parts of Europe. I was like, wow, there is opportunities out there which but are it, better it's than... It's interesting that you two are Italian and you say that, but there are also a lot of people that they go to Italy to find the jobs and they're foreigners. And I see myself that you were struggling in Italy as Italian, so you can imagine how much foreigners are struggling in Italy. I wouldn't say that it's a struggle working in Italy. It's kind of a game that is very difficult to win, let's say. Winning, yeah. I mean, not really winning something like the lottery. Mm. I'm just like living, like normal living, like not caring about smaller things. That's what I define winning. So in the end, if it's so difficult to win, maybe it's better, easier to change game sometimes. Yeah, sure. That's the parallel that I do. But I was saying about this uh, data and I was like, okay, where where is a nice place where you can actually have a nice quality of life it's not about salary the only thing and then i think we are gonna get there but not about only salary as i say it's also about the quality of life and the way that you work let me give you an example um the us the salaries are very high but double the, the netherlands may sometimes but the quality of life, how is it is? How many stories about do you do you hear about healthcare? But health insurance, yes, yes, it's a mess. So, I mean, it's all also always like uh, you need to balance everything there. Sure. So job security also yeah. in the Net in the Netherlands compared to America and America, they can say that day after. You're fine. You're fine, like, and you have to get out like at that now. moment. But here is more safe for employees. Yeah. So that's quality of life. That, that's quality of life. But actually in this formula that I was reading about, there was um, the pollution, there was the weather. You wouldn't say that, oh, Nordic countries are actually on top, but they were. Because in the end, weather, if you count the amount of days of rain, they are not that many. The problem is that it rains, yes, no, yes, no, the whole day. And then in Italy, for Impredictable. example. Impredictable. Yeah. In Italy, it just rains for two weeks and then you're done with that. Okay, so the formula was considering weather, salary, a little bit of everything. It was also considering, for example, the um, he was having some kind of. Uh, th there is a website for that. Uh, I think I don't know if you can put that later the resource, but I'm gonna just say the name in the comments for sure. That was uh, numbel.com. Numbel. Numbel. Yeah. It was just comparing everything, and uh, you could see, for example, as example of a cart like mm -hmm. a shopping cart that you could have, like yeah. normal groceries mm -hmm. and what you pay for rent and all of that. And it was like, okay, if you are in this city, that is going to cost you this. If you are in the other city, it's going to cost you that. Based on all this calculation, you get to a number that is updated every year. Mm -hmm. 
And then, I mean, you were like, okay, let's start from this top one. Yes. Let's start from the top one. And uh, what was the top one? At the time that I checked, and uh, it was three years ago that I moved to, to the Netherlands, actually three years and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the top one were, uh, I think, Switzerland was on yeah. top, actually Zurich. I'm not so shocked. Yeah, yes. we're not surprised. Not um, then there was, um, I think, Denmark, uh, also Helsinki, Stockholm, like all those Nordic city. And was the Netherlands, also Berlin was there. I not, I'm not... Uh, I'm not sure actually what was the exact uh, classification because then it, they were really changing by a couple of points. But if you think about that, it's at the top of the list. Uh, yeah. This was yeah. top ten or top five. Yeah. Okay. But then what what you are seeing there is a pattern there. Actually, if you see the results on map with a, sm- a small pin, and it was like the northern you go, actually the greener it was, and not the greener like in the, in the environment, but the greener like in uh, quality of life and. Uh, also then the kind of job that you could have that's quite interesting yeah and but isn't it like i always think about it that if the norther you go the better is harder to stay in and, and in, then, in terms of how cold it gets yeah it, it gets colder and sometimes also darker like norway is six months light there the other six months you don't have any light so I always think that just imagine you take also the quality of life out of those countries. Yeah. No one would like to live there, you know? There should be a reason to live there. So that's that's definitely true. I mean, it depends how you want to to calculate that and what is important to you. I mean, that's just a number and that ne- doesn't necessarily mean um that is something uh, that fi- that works for everyone. Yeah. But um, then what I realized, at least for me, uh, and, and now I realize um, Amsterdam, that is actually northern than London. If you if you actually see the latitude, it's actually okay. Amsterdam. Yeah, random uh, curiosity. Uh, fun fact. <laughs> fun fact. Uh, I think that's the northern that I can go. Because in mm-hmm. summer, now, now it's perfect. The sun sets at 10. But in winter, the sun set at four and that means that you are stopping working and it's already dark you start yeah. working it's dark you stop working it's dark specifically if you work on the computer it's like uh, did the day even pass yeah. at all <laughs> true but what is the um, so we you mentioned this formula and what is good what is bad and how countries are classified based on this formula what personally to you what attracted you to say Yes, I'll do it because it's a struggle, right? Moving to a new country, sure, there's a lot of promises and possibly life there is better, but it's still a struggle to pack all your stuff and move there. Yeah. So why did you decide to? Also, like you said, that Switzerland was the first. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you mm-hmm. go to Switzerland? <laughs> so, yeah, then, I mean, the formula wasn't the reason that I decided. It was mostly like, okay, let me see if what everyone says is the actual truth. So... Everyone says, oh, yeah, outside is better, outside is that, but it's cold. Uh, in, in Italy, everyone says, oh, yeah, in the northern countries, everything is better, life is better, but it's cold. I don't know if I would gonna live there. I was like, okay, but is it better? Like, do I have a proof that it's actually better? Because, I mean, it's literally changing your life. And at that point, I just finished my master's. So I just really wanted to know, okay, I need to move in some direction where. I did travel quite a lot and I saw that indeed <laughs> the funny thing that I saw the most in the Netherlands was train actually arriving at the time that the train was supposed to arrive. That's all uh, we all <laughs> yeah. had this impression at first. That sometimes trains are early. 
in the Netherlands. We're like, what? Are I arrived two minutes what, earlier. What, what respect to the time. Wow. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it was not specifically about the Netherlands. I mean, those are things that are, uh, for all the countries that I nominated, are very similar. So in the end, I was like, okay, but then I need to go in uh, tech capital, uh, capitals of Europe. So because I was, of course, looking for having big impact on the world. So I mm. needed like a place where I can actually learn from smart people. So I needed a lot of people with a lot of talent. So it was not only like the formula in itself. I mean, that's the private life, but in the working life, you want to learn from people. And then you want to go where there are a lot of smart people, I would say, but a lot of company that attract smart people. Um, yeah, so then... And you find it that here, this would be the place where there are companies that offer what you were searching for. Yes, this, this is one of the places. I would say that the other one, it could be Zurich, Berlin... Uh, Amsterdam and at a certain uh, point you had to make a choice yeah, I imagine course. and said yeah maybe you find the opportunity in the Netherlands and say let's give it a go yes. and then in worst case you just moved you go and move again but I because I know you and I know that you are um, focused or you have an interest mm -hmm. for investment also in life and uh, so you don't have only a, a short-term plan but you have also a long-term goal in yeah. life And um, I think one of the first steps um, that you took in, in your life in, in the direction of the long-term, can I say, financial stability maybe, maybe later we go uh, in more details about that. The first step that I found surprising myself is that you moved to the country, but you quickly purchased the house. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that one, I, I always like think about it, that you're the first expat that I see that you entered. And immediately you bought a house. That <laughs> I find it really smart, to be honest. It's it's a it's a mixture of factor, but it's again about uh, reading reading what's around you. So then at that point, I didn't know about buying a house. The first thing that I wanted to do is uh, get out from the house of my parents, <laughs> start working, having a salary, so I don't need to think about other things. So. Uh, I was having uh, interviews pretty much everywhere. The the one that I, I mean, I'm in Utrecht right now. So that means, I mean, Utrecht is not a known city or at least like, oh, that's one of the capital of Europe. But in the end, it's half an hour from Amsterdam. So it's just around the corner. Yeah. And um, I, was like, I was called for an interview for this company and uh, they were offering for a graduate program. So they were actually offering for a graduate program just after the university without really knowing much about me. You just needed to pass the interview. You just needed to show that you were having value. It was not only technical value, but also business value. So you needed to show that you were capable of thinking a little bit outside the box. Then you could get in. And when I did the interview, I saw around Utrecht, I was strolling around, it's like, i mean, people are going around by bike. Everything works. Everyone knows English. That was like the thing that actually struck me. Like if I would have moved to Germany or Switzerland, it's very difficult without knowing uh, without knowing the language. But yeah, I agree. That's a, that's also a, good, a really good point. Also why the Netherlands, the fact that uh, people here sp speak in... Uh, yeah, with your English, you can do everything really. But it, it also depends where you are because I was living in Eindhoven There also, it's a most um, technological city of uh, the Netherlands. But when you go talk to the natives, um, they 
yeah, it's, they struggle sometimes in English. And then when I moved to Utrecht, I was like, wow, it's just, they, there is no struggle in talking in English in Utrecht. So it's also, you have to see where you go in the Netherlands. Yeah, but in general, yes. But, but still, most of the people that have a story, not like yours, but similar, like most of the experts come here, they get a job, they get a good job, they are surprised about the salary, they have all the positive experience of the Netherlands. But most people, us included, for the first two years, three years, even more, don't think about buying a house. Hmm. But you you really took, I don't know, maybe the courage or initiative. The, the initiative. Like it was a really smart move with the thinking, thinking about it one year after or two years after that you bought the house. It's like, wow, that was a good move that I did. <laughs> yeah. So when, even before moving, I was like, okay, what is the salary that they're offering me here? What is the, the cost of living of staying here? What is the rent? And I said, okay, after five years. So my idea was like, I cannot think about too long, but I need to somehow think about longer term, not next month, but just like a little bit longer. Say, okay, if I move here after five years, I could have saved that. If salary doesn't increase, uh, there is also a nice, interesting thing that is the 30% ruling. So that's uh, a break on taxes. That is very nice. Uh, but I will not go in too much into that. Yeah, I think we have another podcast, like only for a 30% ruling, right? But uh, you can you can link that, but it's very nice because then in the end, that means also that in, in your pocket then stays more money. And then, then the question like, okay, now I settle. I feel that I, I have this graduate program, uh, and my life is taking a certain direction. Uh, there was, a, a, I could have fun. I could meet people, a lot of expat. I mean, it's also the title of your podcast because there are so many, but the, the next struggle that was, was, uh, finding, um, longer, uh, a place where stay for longer, the place where I first, um, start renting. I start renting a room because it's like, okay, I'm coming from uh, Abroad, uh, student yeah. life. I just want someone also to share the, the life. Uh, it was pretty much a long-term Airbnb, but of course that comes that it was very expensive and yeah, the landlord were just randomly coming. It was, it, it was just weird. It was, it didn't feel like home. <laughs> and then I started working from home full time because it was COVID. So I just moved in. It was uh, February, 2020. And then three months, two months later, pretty much. Okay. Everyone works from home. I was like, okay. I'm not strange, prepared to right? that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I was literally in a nine square meter. So in the, in the Netherlands, the space is very valuable. Let's say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think my, my desk was just like <laughs> just enough to have, uh, the, the laptop and uh, like a mouse in front of it. But it was nice. I mean, it was nice because in the end you could just go out. You could get, get to a bike. Like it was nice. Life was nice. So then the next struggle, I'm starting to save money. What do I do with that? And, um, of course, these are just... the nice struggles in life though. Huh? Yeah. But also, but also but, nice that you started thinking about it, yeah. seriously thinking about it. I mean, it. you have to struggle if you come out of the student life and then after a certain part of the struggle, then you reach that point. Of course, I mean, you're used to have certain uh, expenses as a student and of course, like you just don't want to use all the salary, but there's mm -hmm. also the nice thing. I mean, the parallel that I'm always making, um, for me, I was from Rome. 
uh, I mean, I was living in Rome, so I could yeah, actually, yeah. I could actually just either staying in Rome or move to Milan. That is the, the next pole where you can actually work a lot in engineering. Uh, problem is that life in Milan costs the same as Utrecht, but the salaries yeah. are half. So, I mean, it's not about the struggle. It's mostly about surviving so, yeah, surviving because yeah. then in Milan, you cannot have like a nice lifestyle. And let's not even touch the point that you are supposed to work for eight hours, but then in Milan, you're working for nine hours because lunch pause is not counted, but then you need to do overwork. Then you arrive to 10 hours. Plus then there is traffic and then it's 12 hours. So that means that of the 18 hours that you're awake, 12 hours you spend in either in traffic, in work, uh, having lunch somewhere. I mean, it could be nice. It could be sunny outside, but if you don't have time to actually enjoy something. To enjoy it, yeah. But you're in Milan. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the but reason I see the that point. a lot of expats like they go there. But... So let's say you, you came here, you started um, earning the salary, a uh, salary year from the Netherlands, you enjoyed the 30% ruling, this ruling or not, or the salary year allowed you all of a sudden to start putting away some money mm -hmm. I said, wow, that's interesting. It's a new, it's a new thing, uh, coming from a student life. Now, what do I do with that? And then how did you approach the, the decision there? Okay. You saw that you were putting away some money, possibly living a frugal life as well at the same time. How did you approach that problem? Nice problem. problem. Let's put it in that way. Yeah. I was, I'm mostly hanging out with students. So like everyone would just live in that, but I, I, like, I felt like I was a student with just a salary. So then, um, I could actually save quite some money, but it's not about the saving money. Like, um, it's more about how you approach also your expenses. For example, the big thing that for me, I mean, there is no secret there, like uh, renting a room in uh, in the Netherlands is very, very expensive. We yeah. all know that, yeah. yeah. Especially in Utrecht. I'm in saying. Utrecht, yeah. And uh, I was paying 750 for a room. That was a nice long-term Airbnb kind of thing. With another housemate? With another housemate. Oh. So, I mean, it's quite expensive if you think about that. But these are the normal prices here in Utrecht. I think this is in, in uh, an average in uh, price yeah, yeah. for the Utrecht. It, I, uh, when I, was, I remember that I was paying like almost 800, a little bit less for a studio. So I didn't have a housemate, but it was just a room yeah. for me. So these are the normal prices. Yeah. Maybe you also got quite a good... Uh, yeah, I mean, it was okay. Netflix included. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, no, but that, that was not the thing. So <laughs> then if you see about the other things, like that was the, the biggest expense that I was having in, uh, in the Netherlands because it was COVID. So I was not really going out. Going out is quite expensive in the Netherlands, but I was not doing that that much. I was mostly having picnics or, I mean, not really in bars because uh, staying in the house with friends and, and all of that. So... That wasn't the biggest expense. The biggest expense was actually the rent. And then you're like, okay, uh, I'm working mostly from home. I am saving money. What, how can I decrease that expense? Or how can I make my life better and improve my quality of life? Because that was the point without really uh, impacting that. And um, so at first I wanted to move in with a friend, mm -hmm. uh, a friend from work. I was in this graduate program. And then at some point he contacted me and he told me, look, I talk with my, he is Dutch. Um, I talk with my parents and they say, look, it's so difficult to actually rent a place. Maybe you should buy a place. And they say, okay, sure. Like, like you have your parents to support you there. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's nice. 
And then he looped into that. And then after not even that long, I think three, four months, he actually bought a place. I was like, what? Like you, you actually do that in like three, four months. Like, okay. Wow. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, and it was the period of COVID. So the mortgages were actually, the mortgage interests were quite low. Mm. We were reaching, and if you are less than 30, the Netherlands is helping you. Yeah. Uh, the transfer tax has just been removed. So a lot of like our costs are being cut. So pretty it was much. a really favorite, yeah. uh, like the period was very perfect to buy a house. Tax advantages is uh, actually to help, uh, to help young people to, to start their life. Something that is not very common in Italy where no. they actually offer you <laughs> probably a contract as an intern and then you are 30, but you are an intern and yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, so actually then the house and I say, okay, maybe le let's start and let's see. I started to see some houses. I mean, I was still, still weird because I mean, at that point I was 26, 27, like looking for a house. Uh, I don't know. It was, I, I was really uh, unresting because like it was a big step. And it's, yeah. it was early. It was early that, in life. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah it's it early just, in life for, for most people, 27 to searching a house. It's, it was one year and a half yeah. that I moved here, but I said, I tried to look for other rooms. It wasn't working. So maybe the next step, let's jump one step because what, what do you do? You look for another room, you look for a studio, then you look for an apartment yourself. And then maybe you're going to live with someone, it depends. But I said, okay, let's try to jump one step. Let's see what does it happen. I did some calculation. I took out my spreadsheet. Of course, like, data, data, data. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's make case. I continue doing my life as it is case. I actually, uh, like I'm still sharing the apartment case. I actually would like to have my place because I'm actually kind of done with cleaning after the other flatmate. <laughs> 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 and that's why you bought a house. <laughs> yeah. That's why I bought a house. Because, but of course, at some point if we are working mostly from home, so you really want that. You want like your independence. Independence. Office, yeah. yeah. That was also what I was ultimately looking for. And, um, yeah, so the, I, in the end, I, I went for a house and then there is the whole process of bidding. There is the whole process of figuring out a house, figuring out a mortgage. Yeah. But the thing that was really driving me at that point, it was like, okay, I made the calculation after five years. It makes sense. And yeah, the thing is that you made a bet. You made a mm -hmm. bet that not everybody is willing to take because the risk you are taking is, Hey, now it's how, how, after how many years did you decide one year and a half, you said one year and a half. after one year and a half, you started the process. Not everybody feels confident enough to, after yeah. one year and a half to start having a look into houses and take such a responsibility of the responsibility of a mortgage with a bank for 30 years, you know, in a foreigner country. Mm. It, it's a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> you just went for it. <laughs> I, I just went for it. Uh, there, there is this funny anecdote that, um, when I needed to sign the mortgage mm -hmm. paper, there was a translator. I actually needed to pay a translator because yeah. everything mm -hmm. needed to be done in Dutch and I still don't know Dutch. And apparently the translator work, I mean, I, I just pick up Google Translate, I took the PDF document, I put in Google Translate, I read everything in English and said, I know what, what I'm signing already. <laughs> but there was a translator that actually in that, in the presence of the notary, needed to tell me that I cannot actually make a pig farm in my house or pig yeah, yeah, it's, it's but you have an apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's something that <laughs> that's funny because it's something that is in the contract. 
the third person ruling, because you said that there is a little bit of extra money in your pocket. Yeah. Do you um, have any plans that uh, when your third person ruling stops, then what do you do like now? Because we are all kind of relying on that extra pocket money. But do you have any plans when it stops? What happens? So the way that you need to think about that, in my opinion, is that is extra money. So it's yeah. not money that you should count on. So not even the bank actually counts on that money when they oh. uh, give you the... The mortgage the is mortgage. not calculated on a 30% ruling. No. It helps okay. them to take a decision. It's like, okay, he's going to be able to pay it easier for the first five years, but the, or four, depends when you buy a house. But um, they don't count it in oh. terms of salary. Right. So I'm not never counting that because there are talks in the government that they could remove that from one day to the other. So yeah. I'm not counting really yeah. on that. But for now, being lucky because the Netherlands is getting so many extra talent from outside countries. It's true. And uh, then it just everyone wants to come and everyone wants to rent and everyone wants to stay here. So they, the Netherlands actually have so much of a space problem that they even... Uh, Take, took away some C to actually make space for extra yeah. extra space in the country. But okay, so you started your you started your process, you came here, you were surprised that you put some money aside, you decided to take a huge step in your life and do an investment in a property here in the Netherlands where you would live into and you made some you based on the data, you say, hey, I'm either paying the same or actually saving money respect to paying rent but at the meantime i'm creating an asset for myself but i imagine that now you're still able to put away this money mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so now it becomes at first a few years ago you, you did the first your first big investment now with the money that you put aside are you already thinking about something new or um what do you do there so as I mentioned, it now it's three years and a half that I'm living in the Netherlands. So that means two years that I moved in the house. I need to do some renovation, some some expenses, like nor normal thing, like mm -hmm. things that maintenance. Again, yeah, maintenance, maintenance. So uh, some houses they actually sell you without floor, but I was lucky with the floor. So you didn't they have also to buy rent that. it without the floor. Yeah, sometimes they rent houses without floor. Yeah, I'm just imagining the the past. Uh, person's like oh yeah let me take the floor uh, let me take the lamps i'm like sure <laughs> take it <laughs> but, yeah sorry uh, going going about that so i was like okay now i'm literally paying uh, as much as mortgage as it was for rent so like okay that makes sense i mean is a small apartment is nothing uh, nothing crazy but it just makes sense you say that I was uh, I was uh, surprised that I was putting aside money. Actually, not. I would, everything was going uh, like my plan, but <laughs> everything was planned. It was not everything a surprise. was planned. It was just yeah. like there were not surprises in the plan. Things that I didn't calculate. But also, I mean, there is lucky and, and everything. Like for example, the the recent event in Ukraine, the mortgages uh, interest actually went so high. So that's something that you cannot think about. But in that moment, let's say I was also lucky. So I, as uh, you were saying, I, okay, now I fixed that. So I'm getting extra space for the same amount of money. So I, that's not something that I want to ch change. And also the difference is that instead of paying uh, a landlord, I'm actually paying literally uh, yourself, myself, okay. like, yeah. like my asset. Yeah. You're creating an asset for, for yourself, yeah. for your future, instead of putting the money in the pocket of somebody else. So yes, uh, I was like, okay. Now, what's the next thing? Like, mm. Nice to work, very nice to work. 
um, three and a half and uh, actually three years. And I was like, okay, do I work to, do I want to work all my life? Do I want to depend from someone? Because as, as soon as I stop um, receiving salary, then I will stop also being able to pay my house. I will stop to being able to afford vacation. So I, I always need to depend by something. And uh, that's very interesting, specifically if you want to solve bigger problems, maybe like problems that you need to solve at your work are not necessarily the problem that will solve, I don't know, world hunger or solve cancer. So if you really want to do something uh, for the world, you also need to have time. So the first thing that I need to set up was, okay, not thinking about the, the groceries, not thinking about the rent. But the next thing was actually about not thinking, uh, like thinking, how can I put my uh, talent to, to solve bigger problems? And uh, yeah, so to do that, I just needed like a way to work less or work less overall. Since I cannot really just stop working right now, I figure, okay, since I'm saving some money, one thing that uh, I will start to read uh, was about this uh, movement and uh, the FIRE movement. So it's financial independence. So financial independence means that you are not dependent on someone to, to, to live. And that's the salary. Yeah, you're not independent on a salary in order to live your life. You yeah. create a salary of your own in some way or another. Yeah. And FIRE is financially independent, retire early yeah. uh, movement, which is really popular uh, at this moment. Um, I knew nothing, but I heard you introducing it to me for the first time. So I, w I, w I would like to know more. What's, what is for you or to you FIRE? So How do you start it? Can you go a little bit basic? So retiring early and financial independence like get, got very popular in the US. Mm -hmm. Where, for example, uh, we mentioned before, there are high salaries. People were coming from other, um, let's say, poorer country where they see like the difference of salary that there is, is that huge. So that means that in uh, 10 years, you can actually get enough money for more than a lifetime. And then you just retire and go back to, to the country where you can, when the cost of living is lower. And that was actually something that a lot of people started to think about. I mean, I saw that before it was not really a thing with the tech industry that was so disruptive. A lot of people actually took that seriously. Again, engineers say, okay, I'm working here, but why I'm working? I'm working to do something for a reason, for uh, a purpose. That means that you can either uh, work for less amount of years in your life, because now I'm almost 30. That means that I have still other 40 years to work. I mean, that sounds yeah. such a long time. And the question is, would I still like the work that I do? Would I still like that? Or would I actually have an impact on the world around me? So you said, hey, now I'm putting money away and you saw a chance or an opportunity to say, maybe I can make this money work for myself so that I don't need to wait until I'm 68 to retire and have time for other things I want to do in life, other purposes. Am I right? Yes. So already 
starting working in the Netherlands, I only have 40 hours, uh, so eight hours per day instead of maybe uh, the 10 or 12 that I was mentioning in Italy. That's so already a gain. That's of already a gain. Two hours uh, in your that's, day, that's day by day. It's not bad. Yeah. But then, if you want in the Netherlands, you, I mean, it's normal to have like uh, less working hours. So then, if you are less independent, it's not about being totally independent. It's if you are less dependent from the salary specifically, then you can work less hours. And then at that point, it's like, hmm, that sounds an interesting thing. If you really want to do something for the greater good, I need time. That's the, the real main thing that you, you start needing after, okay, how do I pay groceries? That's probably the first thing. And then the next thing is, okay, I need time to actually build any other project. So everything that I'm saying is never, is never about making more money. That, that's not what is going to yeah. get you happy is having a purpose and uh, doing something. So those Southern countries are based on community. Well, for example, you, you in, in contraposition to the Netherlands, where it's actually based on individual. And, and how is it connected? How do you see the connection between this and the fire movement that you briefly introduced? So, um, the reason that I moved to the Netherlands, it was not for the weather, of course, but I still miss that weather. And I still feel that, um, um, I can actually, if I don't need to physically be in the Netherlands, I can work remotely if I, or for example, I can't, I don't need to actually be all my life in this place. So if I'm independent, I can choose where I want to be. That doesn't mean that, I mean, that's what works for me, but I can choose. The choice is, I think, what makes you happy because then you can choose and you can say, okay, whatever makes me happy, I can do it. But now if, if you are, I mean, even now, if you have an employer, you have a, you have a salary, then you cannot move because as soon as you move, like there are a lot of things. Consequences. And that was actually something, oh yeah, I have a house. What does it happen if I move and everything? I thought about that. You can rent it out. You can sell it back because the market is so saturated. Like yeah. it, everyone needs to, yeah. yeah. So are you saying that, sure, I, I start getting interested into fire movement um, so, uh, again, it, a financial independence, retire early movement, because maybe I can be able to, I will be able to retire a bit earlier, not being dependent on my job anymore or any longer, and maybe go back to live in a happier country, maybe back to Italy. Maybe, but, uh, it's not, it's not specifically also, it's not specifically about going back to leave. It's about that I can use my time for whatever I feel like. Mm. I so feel like you will make plans. I, so I can, yeah. you, you just want to basically, my be understanding flexible, is that, basically. yeah, you want to be flexible, uh, mm -hmm. earn back your time, basically say, Hey, okay. we all need to work. We all need to have a job to earn a salary. And if I have to do it, I want to do something that I'm passionate about data you mentioned, and then I want to do something that. Sure, I do a job I'm passionate about, but also that allow me in the future to do something for the greater good. And I, to do that, what I need, the tool that I need the most is time. Yeah. So you, oh. need, you, you went on a fire movement with the goal to earn your time. So See, that's really nice, but I think we're missing a piece. That, well, how did you plan all of it? I mean, like, what is the plan here? You retire early, but how do you do that? Yeah. So how do you do that? I mean, I don't have the key. Okay, I can just does, share yeah. what it works, what it works here. So I been in many, um, so I used to read a lot about in Reddit. There is a, a subreddit, 
So uh, it's kind of a forum. Specifically, it was about people, specifically in the Netherlands, that were interested in this movement. But it's not about only retiring early. It's also about making something like you you want to avoid losing money. So we just noticed and something that made me really click and it's like, I really need to do that now. There's the recent event uh, with the war in Ukraine made the inflation skyrocket after COVID. That means that I think in the last year in, in the Netherlands, the inflation was 10%. That means if you have 100 euros in the bank after one year, that 100 euros is minus 10%. So then it's worth 90, 90 euros. euros. Yeah. That means that also, that doesn't mean that the, the money are worth less. It's still 100 euros. But if before with 100 euros, you could buy 100 pieces of bread. Now you can, with 100 euros, you can buy 90 pieces of bread. And well, that's kind of scary if you think about that, because yeah, the longer so you term, wanted to avoid it. Uh... Yeah, you want to avoid that. Yeah. Did you find also a way to put 100 euros in bank and invest it somehow, somewhere, yeah. so that after the inflation, you can still buy 100 pieces of bread with it? Yeah, so I start to, like, the first thing is lowering the cost of your life, whatever you can actually do that. I mean, just being smarter about where you buy groceries, uh, what you buy, if you can actually do something yourself, it makes you happy to actually do that. Sometimes actually buying something more expensive makes you happier. Perfect. That makes sense. I know that. <laughs> uh, but um, that's not the only thing, of course, than what you want to avoid, specifically because I have so long time before actually my pension starts, I cannot stop working immediately, but I can make the start of my pension a little bit early. And how do you do that? It's mostly through investing. So, and, and that's what, uh, where I would like to know a bit more, yeah, like, yeah. because you know, everybody says, uh, Invest, has, yeah. has opinions uh, about investments and there could be a million type of investments. What's, what did you do and what the fire movement usually suggests? Maybe it's so, not what you do precisely, but yeah. So like the idea, at least, I mean, I follow some sources. It's actually very, very boring. Like it's literally the same mm. thing over and over because it just makes sense. So the, the main idea is that if you want to invest, what do you invest upon? Um, if you are 30, then 30% should be on uh, something stable such as bonds and 70% should be on stocks. Now. I'm not going to touch cryptocurrency or all of that because that's, that's no, a gamble. That's a gamble. That's yeah. a gamble. But also investing in any stocks is a gamble. Investing in any specific sector is a gamble. What you want to do, you want to invest in everything. But investing in everything is very, very difficult. Specifically, it has high costs if you just pick a lot of everything. So what you do... A lot of stocks. A lot, of, a lot of different individual stocks. Individual stocks of different companies. Because you never know if Apple is going to go up or down. And it's a gamble. Yeah. Maybe you can win that gamble, but I, but I would not suggest to do that for and, the longer term. And I don't believe that gambling is not the idea of the fire movement. Yeah. The fire movement, as far as I understand, is we want to retire early, financially independent, retire early in a kind of secure way. Yeah. Or we don't want to go to yeah to win the lottery or to get the cryptocurrency that is going to do the the boom. That's yeah. not the idea. It's trying to do something proved over time. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Proved over time. Yeah. So, um, like the key of all of that is the composite interest. I think, mm -hmm. I don't know if it is a real quote or not, but Einstein actually uh, said that is the wonder of the world. That means that if you have 
let's say 100 euros and you invest this 100 euros, hopefully it's going to be worth 105. Next year, you have 105. If you take those five, those five euros extra, if you take those five euros to eat uh, ice cream, well, cool. Then next year you have again 100 euros. But if you don't, you actually have 105. So if you have a 5% interest, next year you, the 5% interest is of 105. So it's a little bit more than five. And then you, you continue that and you compound that over 20 years and you actually see that it's an exponential curve going back to engineering is an exponential curve. And that means actually that after 20 years, your money is worth way more than you actually put it in. The original 100 years. Yeah. Yeah. So because the first year you put 100, you end up hopefully with 105. The, the year after you start with 105. So you don't earn only five euros extra, but maybe six euros extra. I'm not doing the math right yeah, yeah. here, but just for an example. And the year after you're going to make eight euros and then 10 euros. So that's the compounding. Yeah. Okay. But then another question is that for someone that wants to start from now, like now they have invested zero in what you're saying, um, what is the percentage of the salary that you suggest that every month is good to put this much hmm. into this? The thing is honestly very, very boring because what you do, you just follow an index. So if uh, the index is a series of companies that are the most uh, profitable companies of the world, and then you just follow all of them in a way that there is a piece of all of them in the index. So just buying pieces of that index. And uh, that's, that, actually... that's connected to what you were saying earlier, that you don't want to pick the stocks of the single company. You yeah. mentioned Apple, Facebook, whatever, but you want to put the money in an index fund where, I don't know, you buy, you buy a stock for 100 euros, but these 100 euros are spreaded on yeah. Yeah, 100 different companies, 200 different companies. If today Apple is actually worth more than Facebook, there will be more parts of Apple than Facebook. And if in the future that changes, then they will change together. Yeah. So then, and that's actually how you do it. But that's part mostly for the stock. So I was mentioning before, uh, even too much about the house, but you can think about, this is actually a key that I recently read about. It was like, hmm, I'm, I'm actually investing a little bit in, uh, in those index, but does it make sense? Um, and the truth was actually, yes, because if you think about that, the house, you can count that as bond. So having the house as a bond means that you have some stability already. So the house doesn't decrease or increase in price very sharply, just slowly, either up or down, but it's slowly. So it's like you put um, the money in like a, a, a place that they are not influenced directly by the inflation. That yeah. means that the, the, if the house uh, price actually increased the same amount of inflation, you're kind of protecting those money that you put there. So that's, that's the first thing that is very nice. So in my case, that I'm very young, I can actually put more money into risky things that index, for example, are more least risky. So the idea is that first you need to build your emergency fund. Let's say, let's say from one day to the next, you have an emergency for six months that you can actually not do anything you want to have those money readily available this you mean this is apart from investing this is, this is apart investing. from investing this is about your life you want mm. to put an emergency fund yeah a safety net, safety uh, net yeah um, emergency fund. And many many people in the us suggest uh, 12 months i think in europe since you have a safety net also from the government it's just six yeah. months 
So as soon as you have that, that is six months of how much you actually spend. So if you are six months without a salary, you can actually do something. And then the rest actually should go all in investing. You put money in, you never put money out till like 10 years, 20 years. So that's the main uh, reasoning and goal there. So you just put money, but you never need to talk, to take those money out. If you have an emergency, there is the emergency fund. Yeah, so it's like you put your money there and you forget about it. Yeah, it's it's money that you you don't so you use. don't there there have it an, anymore. Yeah. I hope when you get old, you don't have Alzheimer's. Like you no no no, totally of course. Forgot. <laughs> of course you do. So the idea is also that at some point, the closer you get to the pension, like yeah. index are very volatile because mm -hmm. stocks are very volatile. They go up and down. So one year they could go up, one year they could go down. But you don't want to gamble your pension on that. So the idea, as I was saying, uh, there is this uh, Jack Bogle. Uh, there was like, and there is even a subreddit called Bugglehead's that they say 70, 30. That means uh, 70 should be in stocks and 30 should be in uh, in uh, bonds or something that is more stable, whatever it is bond. In Right now, without going specific, bonds are not really, um, not really good because of a series of taxation that there is in the Netherlands. But um, the main idea is that the close, the 30% uh, if you are 30, but if you are 40, it should be 60, 40. And like all of that. So the closer you go to the pension, then the more you, you should actually put in stable stuff. So you want more security. Let's say you want, yeah, risk less. You don't want to risk yeah. your pension. Now, the younger you are, the more risky investment you can do with a perspective that, hey, I'm not going to touch this money anyway. So even if next year they go down 15%, I don't care because in two, three years from now, they will get, they will gain back their value. So it's money that I can uh, lose or not have for a longer period of time. When you get close to your pension, you cannot play that game anymore. So you want to move your money into a safer investment. First of all, thank you a lot. You made it really clear in terms of where we should put the money or what's the simplest way. Mm -hmm. You kept saying it's really boring because it's nothing fancy. Like f frequently online, you see this guru that they tell you, put the money here or I manage it for you. But you said, hey, Pick an index fund that is broad enough, that follows the market, put the money there and forget about it as much you can, uh, as much as you can, and don't, don't touch them, don't take them out. Cool. So that's the boring, the boring part of it. But I, I'm always worried that the fire movement, for the fire movement, that's not sufficient. What I expect on the fire movement is that you need to have, from my point of view, a really big amount of money set aside, in, invested, in order to be able to retire early. Yeah. I mean, instead of from what you said up to now, I feel like, hey, I will keep working, but I know that if something happens, or if I need to retire a few years early, maybe two, three, five years early, I have put the money aside when I was young, and so, and they didn't lose value with inflation, so I will use those. Yeah. But I, I don't know if that's considered still fire or not. So, I mean... As I mentioned before, what we are aiming is as much independence as possible. So um, first you need to be financially independent in a way that you are not depending specifically on um, a salary or um, like some something external. Yeah. So if I if I summarize mm -hmm. um, and please interrupt me if I didn't get it right, if I understood correctly, what we are saying is 
Sure. There is not only one way of doing FIRE. The FIRE movement to financial independence, retire early, you can do it extreme, save every single dollar that you have until you put away a huge amount of money. And <laughs> they you're really reading uh, uh, American sources, dollar. <laughs> 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 you put away a huge amount of money yeah. in your... Uh, in, yeah, and then you can retire early, maybe leave out of the dividends that these mm-hmm. uh, investments pay you or just using the money that you put away. This is an option. But what you're saying is you don't need to take it necessarily to that extreme. You can do it in your own way, shape or form yeah. and leave a bit of a be mindful of what you pay or what you spend. Make sure you invest, that you don't touch those money uh, um, or that you don't only put them away in a bank because they're going to lose mm-hmm. their value with inflation and so on. You're still putting somehow in a bank, but in a different way. In a different way, yeah. yeah. So in a way that they don't lose their value, hopefully, uh, over time. And then you have you have a bit more, you say you gained a little bit of independence. Sure, you still need a main source of income, either a business or a, or a, a or be employed job. a job yeah. so you need to if you want to stop work now you need to have like your dividends or like what you gain so big that they cover your expenses so let's imagine you have zero pension you have zero other things you want that those dividends are as much as your salary now of course you can do that but normal people really can do in this way so you're like and also we are not in the us again we have a pension system most of the people do uh either employed work or they pay still a pension for themselves so they would actually have that pension so you don't need that amount of huge huge amount of money and with huge amount of money in us uh with the fire move like the basics that were starting was like around even one million of dollars that's a lot that that's really a lot of money but normal people cannot put aside that amount of money. So you don't need all of that. You just need to put enough enough money to bridge the gap between uh, having a pension and the days that you actually don't want to retire early. So let's imagine. I will receive a pension uh, when I'm 70. And my pension, hopefully, is going to cover enough of my life. Uh, enough of for the normal Your expenses. expenses. Yeah. yeah. So then before, if I want to retire at 60, then between 60 and 70, I need to have enough money put aside somewhere to actually let me live for 10 years. So that's actually the retiring early part. The resources, you mentioned Reddit and blogs. So it's uh, online resources. Are these available also for experts or how... How did you study? <laughs> that's that's the interesting part. So, I mean, most of the resources that you find about this movement are in English, of course, because it comes from the U.S. But the okay. U.S. Mo- the U.S. movement is a different system. We are making a lot of parallel, but it's totally a different system. So, I would not suggest to put the same thing in the same way, specifically because then stocks in the U.S. are t- taxed in a different way. So, in the Netherlands, actually, if you uh, pass a certain amount of a value that you have in stocks, you actually need to pay taxes on it. So there are a lot of ways that you can, I'm not saying to avoid paying taxes, but you can make uh, choices that are more tax um, friendly. Tax friendly. Yeah. That, that's, yeah, I like that's it. the right way. So, I mean, 
then I found like the, the entire subreddit of Dutch Fire is actually in Dutch. So I can only read it on, on, online with the Chrome browser, like with the browser. I, I suggest uh, Chrome because it has Google Translate inside. Integrated, yeah. yeah. So you read it with Google Translate. And in, in, in terms of um, maybe you have a suggestion of one or two apps. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many, many apps for doing that. Many funds and everything. The Jira is very nice. So then you can invest directly in Euro. So they're directly in Euro. So you don't need to think about that. And they pay some dividends. And the costs are very, very low because uh, the Jira has some uh, lower costs on specific... uh, Those are ETFs. On selected ETFs, yeah. Selected ETFs. But what we are doing every month, everything that is extra remained from the salary, we just want to put it there. So we have one transaction a month and that's it. Like nothing, it's very, it's very stupid. The only thing that I really don't love about the Jiro is that every month you need to actually remember to log in. The way that you want to set up things is that it's automatic. So you don't need to remember that. You also said that it's still possible to live a good life, but also, so have fun in your life, mm-hmm. but put away the money or uh, how do you see that? Yeah, I mean, of course, like... Don't have fun, put away money. Yeah, because <laughs> no, if you take it to canceled. an extreme, you could just uh, eat bread and put away the rest, you know? Yeah, I was uh, I was reading uh, I was uh, reading about people that were, like, really taking that to extreme. They were like, I'm cancelling myself out. I'm not going out. I'm not going with friends. I'm not knowing new people because I want to save as much as I can. Yeah, but then what is the point? What you are saving for? I don't know if you ever read that uh, article... Um, about this uh, nurse that was asking older people that were on their deathbed, like, what do they regret in life? And mm-hmm. most of the people never, it was never money. It was traveling more, telling that they, they love the love of my life, telling, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. like, so I should have do this choice. I should have opened that business earlier. So it's always like time or like the freedom of choice. So that's, that's the main thing. Like, you're never talking about money here. You are actually talking about the way to, Buy yourself back time or freedom. Mm-hmm. Time with sure. people. So yeah. all of these is is about that goal. It's yeah. not about the money. So and then I would have a last question for you in terms of you said all of this, which is really simple. You put it, I think we talked a lot, but at the end it's really simple. Try to not spend all the money that you have, put away some, invest them, and then with in 20, 30 years from now, maybe you will have the chance to retire early and use that time to do something else in your life. Yeah. But also now, like the idea is also that if at some point I see, I just have a kid, like the first year of a kid is like, I mean, a lot of things. So you may want to work less, but if you have enough freedom and if you have invested money, so then you can actually spend more time knowing that you don't need to live paycheck to paycheck because you can actually afford to actually do that. And that's probably the powerful thing okay no anything else no where the, do our listener can find you or uh, see how you're doing uh, in the future and your um, fire movement uh, future <laughs> so I, I think at this point uh, instagram is the best place uh, but how uh, do they find you um yeah uh, the easiest one is uh, fede fede bs uh, with a y Cool, and we'll link it uh, down below. Yeah. Fede Villas. Thank you a lot, and uh, to the next time. Yes. Bye bye. Thank you guys. <laughs>